Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. This is Crosspoint, and I'm Mark Taylor. Are we in a struggle for liberty? Is there a global agenda? My guest today says yes. We have with us today Professor Michael Rechtenwald, Ph.D., and he is a professor of liberal studies. He's taught in several major colleges and has appeared on numerous television and radio talk shows talking about what's happening in America and around the world. With me today here on Crosspoint, I have Professor Michael Rechtenwald, Ph.D., and uh, Professor Rechtenwald, thanks for being with us today. And you've got a, an interesting book out, The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty, Unveiling the Global Agenda. We've been hearing more and more about this as days go on. And uh, used to it was something that was kind of hidden out there. Now it's kind of being more revealed and out on the you know YouTube, the Internet, and other places. And uh, you talk about this Great Reset and the struggle for liberty and kind of the unraveling of this global agenda. So what is this global agenda that you have been uh, studying and looking at here that's going on that's bringing about what they call the Great Reset? Yeah, well, the global agenda is a reset of the world economic system, uh, socio-political order, and our entire way of life. This is being affected through uh, the great uh, the World Economic Forum in conjunction with the UN and a vast assemblage of corporate and state partners. So what they do is uh, they are enacting without legislation and bypassing democratic process entirely. They're enacting uh, what they're calling stakeholder capitalism, which is a, a euphemism for basically elite-controlled an elite controlled economic order this is being uh implemented through various means uh through what they call the environmental social and governance index on the stock market but also uh through the esg type scoring of companies by banks uh etc so uh what it ends up doing is creating a kind of a, a woke cartel in conjunction with the state on top, issuing and uh, basically planning the world economic system with everybody else effectively living under socialism. This, this is really the object. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the name in Klaus Schwab, but in the book here, in the introduction of the book, you talk about, uh, you know, how he's been promoting the Great Reset for years. And you say the COVID crisis has a, provided an initial pretext for finally enacting it. According to Schwab, uh, we should not expect the post-COVID world system to return to its previous modes of operation. So COVID was kind of their real good place for them to kick all of this off in a big way. Is that correct? Yes. COVID just provided a, a pretext. The plans were already laid. And so when COVID came around, they seized on it. You know, never let a good crisis go to waste, yeah. as they say on the left. And they seized on it. And uh, they used it as, an, as a pretense and a pretext for 
undertaking all this great reset for launching it, which they did. They launched it in June of 2020. Uh, and then in July of 2020, Klaus Schwab and a co-author published COVID-19, The Great Reset. And uh, so, yeah, they, they looked at COVID as the main reason for launching this Great Reset. But they have other ones, too, like the climate change, so-called climate change, and so forth. Yeah, and I noticed in Chapter 1 you talked about that as well there. You you actually go back and say uh, there on page 37 the exact phrase, the Great Reset, came into general circulation in 2010. Uh, and then you even say go back from there within 2008 there was some talk of this during, with finances of uh, crisis and stuff like that so basically they've been pushing this looking for crisis situations where they can uh, manifest it and bring it into uh, the realm of where they want it exactly yes that's a very good way of putting it they've planned it and then looked for opportunities to eventuate it to bring it into uh, to bring it into play and uh, there, you know, this is very well underway now. Yeah. Uh, there's no, uh, there's really no secret about it. It, it is what it is. It, it's a, a great reset of the whole world economic order, social yeah. order, political order. So this Klaus Schwab, you got a picture of him here in the book, page fifty-one. But you talk about, you know, he's the world's leading corporate mouthpiece for this climate change. Uh, and, and other stuff as well as that. Uh, he's a German, if I, I think. Uh, what What's his background? Where does he seem to come from? Well, yeah, he's a German. He's a native German, and uh, he's an engineer and so-called economist by, by training. Uh, he was actually trained by... Uh, he was trained by uh, Kissinger at uh, Harvard, uh, so he was trained by Kissinger, and that's how he got into this uh, role of being a, like a global leader uh, in bringing about global change. Uh, he was trained in a seminar that Kissinger uh, led at Harvard and which was funded by the CIA, actually. Uh, and his father uh, was a, a major producer at a major engineering firm which actually sold uh, some components for nuclear weapons to the Nazis. So he has uh, some some very nefarious background here, uh, some connections to Nazism and so forth. Now, uh, in Chapter 4 of the book, you talk about capitalism with Chinese characteristics. So what you're saying here, as I'm looking into this chapter, uh, is that uh, there's a, a Chinese connection to this, and they're part of this as well. Is that is that true? Well, China is actually the model that they're using. Okay. China is the model for what they want to bring about in the Western world. Uh, China has... a the kind of system that they want. That is, you have a state, you have the state, and you have these preferred corporate partners, not just preferred, but actually sanctioned corporate partners uh, that are for-profit companies, yet you have a a real control over the economy this way through state collusion with these corporations. And you have uh, also at the same time, of course, a totalitarian system 
for the vast majority who live under constant surveillance and so forth. So this is actually the model for the West. Yeah. Uh, they looked at China. Uh, Klaus Schwab's mentor and uh, friend, one of his mentors and friends, was Marie Strong, who said China was the model for the West, and that's what they were trying to bring about. Yeah. Now, this World Economic Forum, uh, you talk about this, in its globalist roots, um, you talk, and I, I, and this is where kind of some of those um, things that people talk about, that there's an underlying current that's out there, you know, a deep state or something that seems to be, you talk about the round tables of uh, Chantham House, I believe it is, uh, the Council of Foreign Relations, the Bilderberg Group, the Club of Rome. What is all of this tied into? What There's something more, almost in a way you could say, that's sinister in this? Well, these are, these are um, globalist organizations that have been around since 1920. They came out of the Round Table Society movement, uh, which was, of course, founded by Cecil Rhodes. And they have been uh, meeting secretly for years and decades, really, uh, to plan the global order. And so they've been globalists and have been attempting to bring about a worldwide global system. And uh, so the WEF just follows in a long line of these globalist uh, NGOs uh, founded from the roundtable conception and uh, the difference between the WEF and these other organizations is that the WEF is a more public face of this globalism. Uh, they have been more, more open and less secretive, yet they are semi-secret, really. So all these organizations not only share ideology and political outlook and objectives, they also share people. Uh, all these people are members of uh, cross affiliated with all these organizations and so they're very it's a very incestuous group of uh, globalists and these people are pretty powerful too from what i understand as well and uh that they they have a lot of power and they have it in a lot of high places is that oh yeah they're they're very much stationed at, in world in leadership roles across the world in government and at the u.n World Bank, the IMS, uh, that's the Inter- International Monetary Fund, the WHO, uh, the World Health Organization. They, they have these people are, are positioned in these very high places, and they're all in collusion with each other. They're all in cahoots. Yeah. Uh, they're all, you know, all these group people share memberships or, or, or members of all these different groups, including the World Economic Forum. Now, it just shows that this has been a long, a long-standing project, and that the Great Reset has the endorsement of all these groups. Well, Professor Rectumwald, I know you. Uh, you know, we used to have global warming that didn't seem to really take the fit they wanted. So they've come up with this climate change stuff, which that's a big part of their agenda. But another part of their agenda is also population control. Is that correct? Yes, they've been. Uh They've been very, very obsessed with population and what they call population ethics, which is a real misnomer uh, for decades. Uh, the U.N. has had population conferences since 1954, and uh, in those conferences they have been bewailing uh, the human population growth 
and then they've been trying to get it under control through forced abortions and sterilization and even euthanasia and so forth. And the World Economic Forum is a partner with the UN. They have they signed a partnership agreement in 2019. And uh, part of the Great Reset is to bring about the UN's Agenda 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. And part of those Sustainable Development Goals are population uh, concerns, population reduction objectives. So, yes, they are very much uh, neo-Malthusians, that is, they believe that the human population is growing too fast for for our resources and that it has to be curbed. And our consumption has to be curbed as well. And, and one way to bring about reduction in consumption is to get rid of people, get, to bring about a reduction in people. Yeah. Now, you just mentioned the word 2030, uh, which means 2030, uh, the year. The, is, this is what I understand is their... Uh, year they're looking to making a lot of this stuff really take root and take over. Is that correct? Yeah, by 2030, they, they aim to have it all in place and all basically achieved. The Great Reset would be completely achieved by 2030, according to this plan. Yeah. And with the Great Reset, it means that people wouldn't actually own property, but they'd all be you know, in this one group, the socialism type of um, deal, it's kind of a monopoly scheme, I guess, isn't it? Yes, it is a total monopoly scheme, just like socialism is really in a monopoly scheme where the state is the sole producer of all goods and controls all other things as well. <clears throat> Here they have a corporate state hybrid that they want uh, to monopolize the economy with. Yeah. And I, as I said before, I call it the woke cartel. Yeah, that's a good that's so, a good word for him. <laughs> that's that's yeah. for sure, Professor Recknerwall. Now you've written, authored eleven other books. You've been on a lot of different shows and stuff. And now this uh, book here out, the Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty, unveiling the global agenda. Tell people how they can find out more about your book and more about maybe you and other books you've done as well. Well, I keep everything very much uh, together on my website at michaelrechtenwald.com. That's Michael, one word, Rechtenwald, R-E-C-T-E-N-W-A-L-D.com. It's all right there. And uh, you can find all my books, uh, my essays for free. I don't charge as on Substack or anything like that. All my interviews, all the media that I get, and uh, basically uh, keep track of everything I'm doing and connected with and all the uh, battles that I'm fighting out there. All right. Well, folks, stay with us, and we're going to be back with more right after this. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the Programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. My guest today is Professor Michael Rechtenwald, Ph.D. Michael, you, you, we talked as we were leaving off there the first segment uh, about this wokeism, this as you call it, woke cartel, which I agree with completely. Chapter 7 of the book talks about woke theology, 
Uh, and you mentioned in there on page 120, you say, what could wokeness have to do with the Great Reset? And you say, wokeness works on the majority, the supposed beneficiaries of injustice. It does so by making the majority understand that it has benefited from privilege. Well, we sure are hearing that a lot these days. So this is the woke agenda, and this is all part of the reset then. Is that correct, why we're hearing this? Absolutely. Uh, Wokeness is the ideology for the Great Reset. Because basically what they're doing through wokeness is to make the majority feel guilty and unworthy of their possessions and even their rights. Uh, So wokeness indoctrinates people into believing that they have gained whatever they have, whether, whether it be money, whether it be position, power, whatever they have, they have gained it by virtue of privilege. And therefore, they should either abdicate this privilege or have it be revoked. Uh, in any case, it will be it will be uh, taken away. And uh, likewise, this kind of works to make people accept the parameters of the Great Reset, that they will own nothing and be happy. So wokeness really has a function, and that function is to uh, indoctrinate the masses into believing that they don't deserve any property or property rights or other rights for that matter like the rights of free speech and religion and uh, so forth well you mentioned religion and i i got a feeling that that's probably one of their biggest hurdles they're going to have to get over is uh, against uh, especially a, a christian population uh, that maybe picks up on this quicker than others do and is a little more stubborn against what they're trying to do. Uh, would you say that that is one of their kind of walls they're going to have to get scaled over and do something with? Oh, absolutely. They And they make it very clear that they despise Christianity and uh, all the Abra- Abrahamic religions. They say that they are fake news. Uh, this Yuval Harari, who's an advisor to Klaus Schwab, and an Israeli historian and futurist says that Jesus is fake news, and uh, there will be new religions coming out of Silicon Valley, uh, and that the, the Abrahamic religions will be overthrown. People will no longer believe in an afterlife. They'll no longer believe in free will, for that matter, and they'll no longer have free will. So this really overthrows this is aiming to overthrow Christianity without a doubt. Yeah. And it is a major obstacle to their plan. Yes. Chapter 8 of the book, you talk about the roundtable roots of the Great Reset, and we've talked a little about that. But then you talk about all these organizations and stuff. My question is, is uh, who are some of these people that are out there? We mentioned Klaus Schwab and stuff, and I know that Justin Trudeau, I think, maybe kind of falls into that category, and uh, Macron over in France. Uh, but who are right. all these people? I mean, I know we've got to have a lot of tech giants and stuff that are involved and also big money uh, institutions as well. Yeah, I mean, you have, you know, Klaus Schwab boasted about the fact that they penetrate the cabinet of various governments and that they have uh, their people, so to speak, people that were trained as young global leaders by the World Economic Forum in positions of power. So, for example, you have Christia Freeland in in Canada. She's now, I think, the Minister of Finance or uh, something like that, and... uh, She's the person who uh, laughed when she announced that she was freezing the bank accounts of the protesters and supporters of the protesters of the truckers' convoy in Canada. 
Uh, so these are the kind of people they have in place, and they are acting in uh, accord with the Great Reset precepts and bringing about the kind of change that they want. Uh, there's a lot of people, if you, I have a whole table of people that are cross-affiliated with the World Economic Forum and various other organizations, and uh, also in positions of power politically. Uh, there's even Republicans in the United States who are affiliated with the World Economic Forum. So it is not as if this is strictly a partisan matter. It crosses even part, party lines. Now, you also mentioned in here uh, the word the Davos Agenda and its corporate partners, including over a thousand of the world's largest, most impactful uh, business organizations, while incorporating leaders from the world's major nations uh, as well. So this is pretty widespread. Would you say that it's pretty much widespread over most of the nations of the world? Yeah. But let me back up just a little bit about some of the people involved. Okay. Also, you have somebody like uh, Larry Fink, who's the, who's the CEO of BlackRock, Inc. He's also on the board of the World Economic Forum, and he's controlling the assets of the world's uh, largest asset management firm, BlackRock, Inc. They control $10 trillion worth of assets, and they are firmly behind the Great Reset and the uh, stakeholder capitalism model. So, And they have, uh, Larry Fink has stated blatantly that he invests uh, this, this $10 trillion in line with uh, the ESG, uh, Environmental, Social, and Governance Index, on the stock market, and uh, that he starves other companies out of money purposefully. So those who do not comply will be, will be starved of capital. But this is worldwide. It's, they're members from all over the world. What they do is they recruit people from various countries, various regions, you know, uh, and and identity category in order to make it look like they are very uh, democratic and uh, you know representative of the world's population but then they recruit these people into this elite management team and they these people do not behave in any way that is in the best interest of their native country whatsoever uh, they're acting uh, on behalf of this world elite who are controlling all of these factors. Yeah. So, you know, this is a very, this is a ruse on their part to make it look like they're, you know, they basically have their token identity groups or identity characters in order to make it look like they're representing those people, but they're not. Yeah, and I've noticed, too, in the book, now you've done a lot of deep research into this book. Uh, when you start off Chapter 11, and this climate change, uh, again, is the big, I think, forefront deal that they really want to try to hang on. But you make a, a statement, that, or that you put a statement in there that Mikhail Gorbachev made. He said the threat of environmental crisis will be the international disaster key to unlock the new world order. Now, see, if you go back to Mikhail Gorbachev, this has been quite a while ago, so this does go to show that this is something they've been working on for quite a while. Like you said, COVID uh, helped that get kicked off. 
COVID seemed to be very, <laughs> if somewhat, uh, you know, timing would just seem to be awfully perfect and dealing with a lot yeah. of issues with uh, an election and other things like that that just seemed to come up. Uh, could it possibly be that they, these plans are something that was uh, just being initiated and the time came and they said it's time to move now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, the World Economic Forum said in 2014, you know, uh, we need to set the we press the reset button uh, on the world economic system. This is long before COVID, and uh, they they've used the reset button on their website, uh, dating all the way back to 2014. And they've written articles about resetting the global economy and so forth for for years, well before COVID came. And then COVID came, and then they come along and they say, "Yeah, this is the time to do it." This is time to bring about the Great Reset. So, yeah, this has been a long time in the making. And you could even say that it goes back uh, over 100 years, yeah. uh, all the way back to the early 20th century. Yeah. Now, you also talk about the Great Leap Backward. Uh, that's in Chapter 13, I believe, in there. Uh, at the end of that chapter, you say, in short, we risk returning to a pre-industrial era of drudgery and intermittent starvation if the planners of the Great Reset have their way. So what would their plans be to put us in a position like that to where they uh, control the people by the methods of which we were able to operate and maybe go places and actually the food we eat? Yeah, well, they have an agricultural reset in store. And we've seen the effects of it already in Sri Lanka, where when they uh, banned nitrate fertilizers or fertilizers with nitrate, uh, the food prices shot up some 70 to 80 percent and people were already uh, going hungry. Uh, So they want to get rid of nitrates and fertilizers and ammonia from cattle and methane from cattle. Uh, So they're trying to... uh, you know, really reduce the agricultural output of the world. Uh, and they admit that this will reduce the agricultural output of the world, which means people are going to go hungry. This is a starvation threat. I liken it to the Great Leap Forward uh, under Chairman Mao in China because it will bring about a famine of proportions like that, maybe worse. Uh, under under the uh, Great Leap Forward, under Chairman Mao, some 23 to 40 million people died, uh, many of starvation. So uh, this is a Great Leap backward uh, industrially. And, and Marie Strong even said, in order to stop climate change, we may have to destroy the industrial capacity of the world. We may have to bring it back to pre-industrial, to a pre-industrial age. Let me tell you, our people's population and our survivability depends upon industrialization. And without it, people will die. Now, you also mentioned in here about Digital Big Brother. That's one of your chapters. You talk about uh, the digital identity that's being sold by the World Economic Forum and the UN and the World Bank as means of inclusion of marginalizing the global economy. What what are you talking about when you're talking about digital identity? Well, this is the kind of record, a digital record of every person that would track all of their behavior and activities and vaccine statuses and perhaps even a, a social credit score from cradle to grave. 
It's a database that follows you around. And they are already putting this into play. It's being put in place in, in Ukraine. It's being put in place in various countries in Europe, other countries in Europe. So a digital identity is a surveillance tech technology that allows the state and their corporate partners to have a complete record of everything about you. And if they tie it to a central bank digital currency, CBDC, which they plan to do, then they'll have a record of everything you spend, all your savings and debt, and these transactions, every transaction will be transparent to the central bank. Yeah. And uh, it could be a, central, a centralized, singular central bank that will be in charge of this. So that means they can control what you spend and who you, what you buy and who you buy it from. And they could cut off certain uh, avenues of expenditure. Yeah. Uh, they could, yeah, they could control. Kind of like what China is doing now. And, exactly. This is the pattern they exactly. want to follow. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Exactly right. So, uh, Professor Recknerwald, tell us again uh, how people can find out more about this book, The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty and talking about unveiling this new world order and also other work you've done as well. How would they go about doing that? Yes, uh, I keep everything at michaelrechtenwald.com. That's michael, R-E-C-T-E-N-W-A-L-D.com. All my books, essays, interviews, uh, photos, uh, etc., are all there. You can get signed copies of my books directly from me. Uh, I sign the copies, and we have a system of sending them out expeditiously. So that's one way to avoid digital big brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, stay with us, and we're going to be back more with this interesting discussion right after this. Sometimes we can get stressed about you life. You might be having a bad day or something, but then it just reminds you, like, God's good. God's watching out for me. No matter what situation you're in, you can turn on the radio and just be reminded of it anytime. Helping keep your eyes focused on Him. This is 91.7 The Word. Welcome back. You're listening to Crosspoint. I'm your host, Mark Taylor. My guest today is Professor Michael Rechtenwald, Ph.D., and we're talking about The Great Reset, a book that he's got out. Professor Rechtenwald, you talk about, uh, in Chapter 19, now you talk about hacking humanity with transhumanism. What does transhumanism have to do with all this? Well, this is very much on the agenda. Uh, transhuman technologies are all part of what they're calling the Fourth Industrial Revolution, with which... Klaus Schwab and the WEF have been promoting. Uh, they, he also wrote a book called The Fourth Industrial Revolution and another one called Shaping the Fourth Industrial Revolution. These are all these technologies uh, that promise to, uh, to make people more than human, uh, to transcend their human uh, condition. Um, and they, they, they sell this like uh, these will be enhancements, like you'll have a direct brain cloud interface such that your brain will be on the Internet at all times, things like this. Uh, and they sell it as, you know, you're going to be more than human, you're going to be like a god. Well, that's not true because they, they plan on using these technologies for surveillance again and even brain control, that is mind control. Uh, with the brain cloud interfaces, that means they would have you would have a, a two-way transmission from your brain to the cloud, which means they could actually supplant your own thoughts with thoughts that they prefer you to have, and block other kinds of thoughts. This is actually on the table. 
I have investigated the technologies behind this, and they exist. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing that we're looking at. Yeah. Now, you have mentioned in here that there is a, a nine-point plan for maybe stopping this uh, in its tracks. Can you kind of give us some insight into this nine-point plan? Sure. I mean, the basic premise behind the nine points, uh, which I call the grand refusal, is basically, look, these are puppet masters trying to pull uh, strings attached to us, right? So we can't really control what they do, but we can control what they make us do or attempt to make us do by cutting the puppet strings from ourselves. And I, I detail the kinds of actions you should take to cut these puppet strings. And uh, I, I won't go into great detail here, but they involve refusing the transhuman technologies that I just referred to, refusing the central bank digital currency, refusing the digital identity, uh, divesting from ESG stocks and from ESG dictatorial asset managers and banks, uh, things like this. So, yeah, and, and everything has a lot of sub-points about how to do this. So I, I recommend getting the book and looking at those at that nine-point plan for individuals and families to resist the Great Reset. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, I do believe the, the church is their major hurdle, uh, the Christian population. Um, you know, patriots, I imagine, what we would want to some, some people as well as recur to patriots, maybe conservatives, but people that are very patriotic are people, you know, that are very uh, Christian in the background. They're very, uh, you know, live that kind of lifestyle. They have to really, in some way, target these people, uh, to me, in a different way or in a special way, uh, to get these people um, out of the way. And so that's to me, is going to be probably their biggest hurdle, but also uh, could be their nastiest fight. Absolutely. In fact, I suggest that if nothing else, these people of faith and uh, so forth and, and uh, of patriotism represent a remnant uh, of people that will be resisting this great reset and will be able to carry forth into the future and leave a legacy of freedom and the free market and individual rights and faith, uh, we must be a remnant at the very least. If we can't stop the global agenda in its tracks entirely, at least we can stop their effect on us. And we remain a remnant for the future. You know, in all of this, you know, it, it really makes a person uh, want to look into this if they really are interested. Why do so many people buy into this, though, is, is my question. Have you found out why so many people just seem to buy in this or don't think it's real and just blow it off as some conspiracy theory that there's really nothing to it? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the mainstream media has been uh, brainwashing people about this and uh, propagandizing, suggesting that you know, there's nothing to see here, keep moving. Uh, meanwhile, all of these actions and the agenda is clearly in place, and they've stated blatantly what they're about, and yet they keep saying this is just a conspiracy theory. Well, it isn't really a conspiracy theory. First of all, this isn't really technically a, a conspiracy. This is an open, avowed plan. Uh, so what they do is they try to actually, I believe the World Economic Forum actually tries to elicit conspiracy theories about this project 
in order to discredit all the critics of it by saying, you know, they're conspiracy theorists, they actually say and do things that would lead people to say there's a conspiracy underway and to develop theories about this conspiracy. Uh, and so then they would just discredit and deflect all criticism that way. So my, my point is that don't worry about what they call you uh, because they're liars anyway. And whatever they say is the opposite of the truth. Uh, we've seen that very clearly. Uh, they present inversions of reality on a regular basis and gaslight us 24-7. So forget about what they say and, uh, and uh, don't buy into their rhetoric or their ideology. And more people will start to feel the pain of the Great Reset, and that will traumatize them into seeing what's happening. That's yeah. probably the only hope yeah. for them. Well, in mentioning, you know, the Christian population, do you believe that uh, the church itself, I mean, we're talking about the the pulpits of the churches in America, need to be maybe looking into this in a greater detail and speaking about this from the pulpit to their people? I believe so, and... Uh, I believe that it's necessary. I've, in fact, given a copy of my book to my own minister, uh, my own pastor, and I've asked him to look into this and to say something about it on on a regular basis, because this they would have us... They, they're not only trying to control our consumption and so forth, they want to get rid of our belief system. And so they're going to use all kinds of means to try to erode it away and to try to attack it, and to, de- uh, to try to devalue it and discredit it. Uh, so we need to be on the lookout, and we need to be armed. We need to put on the armor of God in order to defend ourselves from this. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. Now, kind of jumping all the way back to the introduction part of the book, you talk about there on 29, you say the Great Race said it's nothing but a coordinated propaganda campaign. And then you talk its wrappings is on giant package of plans and policies delivered to the world at large and by various uh, governments, uh, government bodies, non-governmental organizations, corporations. This package is not sold wholesale as a great reset, but rather distributed under various retail names. So what you're saying there is it's not necessarily super big corporations, uh, you know, like Microsoft or something like that, what we'd think about. But even there's is happening in some of the smaller areas, the details of of our business world and stuff, uh, uh, smaller governmental agencies and stuff, and they're just as involved in this as the big guys. Yeah, what what I'm saying there really is that they're not going to go out and say, "Here we got the Great Reset," and so everybody watch watch here it comes. This is the Great Reset. We're doing it now. They're going to call it Build Back Better. They're going to call it by various mm-hmm. names. And they're going to implement it through uh, meeting Agenda 2030 sustainability, uh, sustainability goals. And they're going to put this at the granular level, all the way down to the individual. Uh, when it comes to your banking, when it comes to your uh, food consumption, uh, when it comes to your mobility and your uh, use of automobiles, which they mean to get rid of, uh, all of these things are going to become very, very a minute and particular and granular, granularized so that it'll affect everything. Uh, so, yes, they're, they're not going to sell it like here comes the Great Reset. They're going to sell it under different names and different little 
packages uh, of, of behavior that they want you to adopt. But it's all under for the same purpose and plan. In the in the end, that's what it's that's what it's really headed for. Absolutely, it's all it's all for that end. So that's why I say you have to be very vigilant about what's going on in terms of the various little ways they're trying to get you in into this to, yeah. to induct you into this uh, system. Well, at the end of the book, um, last chapter here, you know, you talk about how the book. It has is between two modes and about ascribing evil intentionally on one hand and on the other hand implying that the propagators of the Great Reset are in unintentionally doing evil. Um, but you also say, my defense will say that it is difficult to avoid ascribing evil intentions to other social actors when we redeem the probable uh, outcomes of what they attempt to be as evil. So you're attributing a lot of this just to flat out evil uh, intentions of evil people. Yes, I mean, I tried not to uh, ascribe intentionality to people, but it's almost impossible not to see it. And so I think on a metaphysical plane, what we're dealing with is Antichrist. Antichrist. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I don't I don't say that in the book straight up because I want I want to keep all the audience all the readers on board. Uh, but my metaphysical conviction is that this is part of an antichrist movement, and that these people are satanic. Yeah, um, I'll be real straightforward there with you. <clears throat> well, I, I I would have to agree with you on that. Uh, now, uh, Michael, you've uh, I guess written over twelve books, and I noticed also that you've uh, uh, distinguished fellow with Hillsdale College and, uh, you know, some pretty big colleges and stuff that you work with, but on some pretty big uh, national-wide talk shows and stuff. And then you've got this uh, work, The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty, Unveiling the Global Agenda. Uh, tell people again uh, how people, if they want to, maybe, I don't know if you have a way that they can contact you or something, uh, but uh, how would Absolutely. they go about doing that? They can uh, go to the con- you know contact page on my website and just find my email address. Click on that. It's Michael at MichaelRecklinwald.com, and I answer every email. Uh, I am not uh, I am not an aloof person who tries to maintain some sort of star status. Uh, I actually uh, correspond with everybody, and I'm here for their at their service. I'm not doing this for me. Yeah. So if somebody does have a question, you will uh, do your best to give them an answer of what you've uh, unveiled through your different books and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And they just go to your website. Is that correct? That's right. All right. Well, we want to thank you so much for being with us today here on Crosspoint. This has been really eye-opening. And what you said there at the last, that this is satanic, that it's uh, all tied to the Antichrist, I uh, completely agree with you there, that this is all a bigger, much, much bigger plan than even the people that's in it even know that they're working with. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today here on Crosspoint. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's great to talk to you. That was an interesting interview today for sure, folks. That really was one of those places where it makes you want to think of just how deep things are in our world and just how evil there are plans for people's lives and stuff. Folks, you need to know God's Word. We heard about a great book today, The Great Reset, and understanding that, and that's good. A lot of good information there. And also the other book, I hold in my other hand here, The Holy Bible. It's God's Word. 
word. It'll help you get through life just like this other book will help you understand what's going on in our world. But the Bible is the inspired words of God no matter who you are. This book accurately directs every life for every day, shows you what eternity will hold for those that will follow it. The Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and ever follow. Be sure and join us again next time as we discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week and allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNEO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, the Osho, Missouri, 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime online. Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.